Earlier this year, a survey of Londoners found that they are now more likely to be the victims of online fraud or cybercrime than more traditional forms of property crime. As the incidence of online crime increases, often launched by criminals operating from beyond their victims' borders, what are the implications for law enforcement agencies, as well as for potential victims? Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor for Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking with cybersecurity expert Alan Woodward. Alan, were you surprised by the London Mayor's Office and the Metropolitan Police warning that a higher proportion of Londoners have been the victim of an online theft or fraud? than of more traditional forms of property crime, such as burglaries or robberies? In some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. What's interesting is that we've known for a long time, in the UK, there's a thing called the National Crime Survey, and also the police have their own statistics. And both of those, whether you agree about the absolute numbers or not, show a trend downwards. However, the crime has been going somewhere. And I think what this really shows, and what it's effectively amplifying, is the fact that crime is moving away from traditional sources online. So in some ways, it looks very much like we've got just as much crime as ever, but it's moving into the cyber world from the classical world. And there's several reasons for that. One of them, and probably the most important one, is that the fraudsters, the scammers, the people we've all been subjected to, are able to do it with a lot less risk to themselves. I mean, there's some very interesting research done not so very long ago about the economics of bank robbery. And why bother walking into a bank with a sawn-off shotgun and where your average haul is likely to be £30,000 when you can make millions operating from another country and do it with some kind of cyber scam? It really is quite attractive to all the criminals. And they're not stupid. They're kind of businessmen in their own way. They're happy to put investment in. And when it comes to cybercrime, they're saying a very big return on that investment. Does this have an implication then for how the police should be investigating and pursuing these crimes if we're seeing an overall decline in crime, but an increase in the number of people acting online in a criminal manner? Absolutely. And what's happened is I think there's two very important things. In the survey, it was done specifically about Londoners, but it's really across the whole of the UK. And indeed, we're seeing across the whole of Europe the same trends. What the Metropolitan Police have done is they've actually tripled the size. They have an operational unit called Falcon, and that's aimed at fraud and online fraud specifically. And one of the things you can't really do is just throw uniformed officers at this. You need people with specific skills. And so it's taken them a while, but over the last 18 months, they've actually put a great deal more money into this because they see the trends. And in some ways, they can take a leaf out of the criminal's book and that they can be effective. They can get more bang for their buck in some ways but by doing simple things rather than tackling every individual crime that's reported try and trace them back to the source and close down the scammer's website you know, if you can close down the criminal then actually it's kind of there's this sort of multiplying effect where a lot of people that would have been subject to crime suddenly aren't so it's kind of changing the way policing happens it's changing the focus of policing obviously in terms of their areas of expertise but the other big thing is because the crime is very much across borders now All the police forces in the UK are cooperating with Europol, Interpol, FBI, with these international operations, and they're becoming much more successful now. In the last 18 months, that's probably the biggest change in law enforcement has been the fact that multiple police forces in multiple countries have had these joint operations where they've been able to track back, particularly to the organised crime gangs, and close them down and, and actually get them, you know, prosecute them properly. 
In terms of investigating these types of crimes, it sounds like police can triangulate what's going on and over time, as you say, hopefully trace back to the source of these attacks. Is that going to require a bit of an adjustment on the part of consumers, though? You know, if you get your house broken into, the police perhaps come, investigate, dust for fingerprints, go away. You can see the case being built. Here, it sounds like the timelines could potentially be longer, especially if they're tracking people who are operating outside the country. Are we going to see a different approach, do you think? How the police are going to pursue this is actually going to be slightly different. I mean, good old-fashioned policing techniques will be the key to it. However, one of the really interesting things about the data is they're talking about across the UK that card fraud, online fraud, is probably the reported crime is coming out at about £2.2 billion. But actually, the police estimate and Action Fraud UK, which is sort of the coordinating body across all the police forces for this, they reckon that 85% of the crime is not being reported, i.e. The real loss to people is 12 billion, not 2 billion. And part of that is because individual crimes are quite small. If it's card fraud, often I've had it happen to myself. The card company knew three weeks before I ever would have done that something was happening. They spotted every transaction that was incorrect and fraudulent, and they just reimbursed the money. In some ways, individuals can see it as a bit like a victimless crime. They think, oh, well, my card company or my bank's got my back. But the trouble is the police, the law enforcers actually need that intelligence. So even if you don't ultimately suffer some financial loss or if it's a small loss, I really would encourage people to report it. And one of the problems that the Met Police have highlighted is when they asked people why they weren't reporting it, one of the things that they came up with was, we don't really know how to. You know, they go along to a, you know their local police station and they're not really equipped for this sort of thing. So I think what you'll see is a lot more focus in the UK on this thing called actionfraudukpolice.uk and that is an online site for going to report any suspicious emails or actual fraud and that way they can collate all this intelligence and the bigger the picture you can get the easier it is then to spot patterns and to look for those paths back to the cyber criminals. And as the scope and the focus of the problem becomes better known, theoretically, that will result in additional resources being devoted to this as well, if they find out that only 15% of the crime is currently being reported, right? Exactly. I mean, if the police are chasing down losses of 2 billion, and actually the real loss is 12 billion, then suddenly the government has to think about priorities slightly differently, and, and they will do. At the moment, it's a bit like what one sees in insurance fraud. People think of it a little bit like a victimless crime they think well you know it's the insurance companies that pay for it not individuals but at the end of the day we all pay for it because you know the cost of insurance premiums goes up and the same happens with financial fraud online scams and also increasingly it's not just the classic card fraud or financial fraud that we're seeing online there's all sorts of other types of scams one of the fastest rising is the so-called dating scams some people are losing you know tens of thousands of pounds in those scams where they're apparently striking up relationships with people those people then apparently get into trouble need some money they send them some money and suddenly that person just disappears because they were just a criminal gang and they never existed in the first place in fact we've seen an increasing number of particularly very pretty ladies who are having their photos hijacked online to apparently take part in these dating scams. Again, the report shows that ID fraud is probably one of the fastest growing crimes, but trying to associate that with a loss to the individual, sometimes it's not the individual that loses, but actually other people, because their ID is then being used to scam and con other people. So it's a really quite a complicated picture going on out there. From a sociological standpoint, can you comment on whether cybercrime is drawing in people who might not otherwise commit crime, or whether it's drawing, as you were saying before, the people who might be doing bank robbery, 
robberies or low-level petty types of crime. Is there any data or related research into these types of trends? Yes, there is. As far as we can tell, it looks very much like it is large organized criminal gangs. I mean, it's very much organized crime. Certainly what Europol has been looking at, we publish every year. It's one of the things that three external advisors, including myself, work with Europol every year to produce this report. And one of the things we look at is what's called the organized crime threat assessment. And it seems that it really is the big organized crimes. It's no longer the spotty youth in his bedroom committing some opportunistic crime. It's not the equivalent of the online pickpocket. Some of these are very highly orchestrated. They require money mules. They require some quite sophisticated software to be written. And indeed, crime as a service is actually growing as a genre online. Some of these gangs are offering crime as a service. So what you might think of as previously petty criminals can go along to them and, and ask to commit the crime on their behalf. But we're also seeing that actually the big criminal gangs are willing to invest in paying some very clever people because you might have relatively few people with the detailed technical skills but it's worth investing in them writing some clever piece of malware to steal people's banking details say because the return on that investment is huge for the criminals and again it's done at relatively low risk i think Maybe in the early days, and to, and to some low-level extent, you're seeing people committing crimes in the same way that, for example, we all break the speed limit because we don't think we're going to get caught. But really, I think the big problem for the law enforcement agencies is the organized crime gangs. Now, a lot of these organized crime gangs are reportedly operating from places like Russia or the Ukraine or countries with which the UK, the US, other parts of Europe might not have extradition agreements. Have you seen any innovative approaches to trying to arrest some of the suspects that might be operating from those countries? Unfortunately, the only way of doing it is collaboration with the countries themselves. Now, one of the things that Europol has been quite successful in is, in some ways, denationalizing the relationships. So the EU is having a lot of success in dealing with the Russian law enforcement agencies, whereas, say, the UK might not have done... I mean, if it, there's all sorts of political... When nation tries to do with nation, you might have political things come into the considerations. Whereas, actually, when it's done at a European level, it looks like it's a lot more successful there have been a lot more successes but unfortunately there is no way of getting away from the local law enforcement do have to be part of it and do the arrests there have been very very few incidences of people being tracked and put under surveillance and then when they step off a plane in a country where they're wanted they suddenly get nabbed it is very much a case of having to work with police forces in country and do it that way having said that there are more innovative ways of tracking them down we are seeing some more technical innovations going on in this area you know de-anonymizing who they are being able to track them down from that perspective but in all of that really still the most successful way of tracking them down is the european policy anyway is very much around follow the money so if you follow the financial trail that really nearly always leads you to the base set of criminals behind it all alan thank you very much for your insights today for ISMG, this is Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us.